Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello, dear friends. Welcome to another broadcast here. And the message today is entitled From Lodebar to Jerusalem. Yes, I want to speak to all those people who are sitting in Lodebar. <laughs> I think you can imagine what kind of place that is. That's not a happy place. That's not a good place to be. The literal meaning is no pasture or no word or no thing, it's translated in these three things, but no pasture, nothing is growing there, nothing is blossoming there. It's a place of dryness, it's a place of death, it's a place where dead dogs are. Do you feel like a dead dog today? Do you feel like you're in a place of no pasture, no word? You know, the word brings life and maybe you're in a place without any communication, without any word of life, word of love, word of encouragement. Well, I'm glad you're tuned into this program because we're gonna bring you to Jerusalem. Well, this message will, well, not the message itself, but the word will. And he who has spoken this word will. The Father himself, your creator, your loving God, he wants to pick you up from that place, lo, the bar. And he wants to lift you up and bring you into the palace, his palace, his house in Jerusalem. Oh, hallelujah for that. Well, you might say, well, Brother John, where do you get that word? Where did you get that word? Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 9. And It's a wonderful story here and there's so much in it for us, for you today that will lift you up and that will encourage you. You know, Saul had died, Jonathan had died and it had been years of of a fighting between the house of Saul and the house of David. David was fleeing and he had to flee into the different caves and there came a moment that he thought, I won't survive this because Saul was after him to kill him. But you know, God delivered him. David did not touch the anointed of the Lord. But the day came that Saul died, his son died, and it was a defeat there for Israel. But the Lord took David and brought him out and made him king over Israel. It was a great victory for David. And then you find this story here. It's a very particular story, but it really is a story that will touch your heart and it will help you in your situation. So let me just read some verses here and I want to start chapter nine of the second book of Samuel. I'll start with verse one. And it says, and David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? (laughs) I mean, Just reading that one sentence, it touches me, it amazes me. We're talking about the arch enemy of David. And he was looking if there was anybody left of the house of Saul. Well, that happened many times. If a new king would come, he would look if there were any descendants of the previous king and he would try to find them wherever they were and he would kill them to root out any competition that could be there in the future. So usually if a king said, is there any descendant left of the house of that previous king? Well, that was a dangerous thing. He would hunt them down and and they would flee for their lives and if he would find them, he would kill them. But here we read a different heart. 
Here we read something totally different. It says that I may show him kindness. How is this possible? Well, that's because David had a different heart. He had a different spirit. He had the heart. Isn't it God himself who said, I found a man who has a heart after my own heart. So when we're reading the heart of David here, we're reading the heart of God. And maybe there are those at this moment that are an enemy of God. They have rebelled against him. They have sinned and they walked their own way and they turned their back to him. And the Lord is saying, just like David said, is there anybody left to whom I can show kindness? And this was not just any ordinary kindness. Let us read on. It says here, for Jonathan's sake, and there was of the house of Saul, a servant whose name was Seba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Seba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, and again you read it here, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, I hope that you that are sitting in low debar today, you that are sitting in that dry place, that place of unfruitfulness, that place without any word, without any life, without any joy, without any hope, that you find hope today in this word. Somebody started to look for that man in Lodebar. Somebody started to look for that person who was left of the house of Saul, who was there in Lodebar, sitting there in dryness, sitting there in unfruitfulness to show him well, to show him kindness, and not just any kindness, but the kindness of God. Oh, God is looking for you today in Lodebar to show you his kindness, his kindness. And it says, and Seba said unto the king, Jonathan had yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, where is he? And Seba said unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Mahir, the son of Amiel in Lodebar. And then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Mahir, the son of Amiel from Lodebar. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And Mephibosheth bowed himself and said, What is thy servant? that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am. Up to here for now. As I said, Mephibosheth, he was the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul. So he was the grandson of Saul. He was living in Lodebar. His father had died. His fra- grandfather had died. And they did not die in a positive way because of old age, you know, full of the days in the glory of God with the blessing of God. No, they died on the field 
and Saul committed suicide and Jonathan died on his side there. And it was a terrible defeat because God was not speaking to Saul anymore. Saul had gone to the fortune teller. He had come into such a terrible place where the spirit of God had departed from him and where he had that evil spirit continuously and Saul was there, Jonathan was there and it was just an evil reign. God had turned against them and from that seed, there is this man, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, he was already in, in a terrible situation. He was lame. You know, when the servant girl heard that Saul had died and Jonathan had died, she quickly took the little boy, the little child, Mephibosheth, and ran away, wanting to hide him to save his life. But as she ran away, she dropped him and it crippled his legs. So now he... He is there without his parents, without, you know, that love, that care of his father, of his grandfather. He is, he is hiding somewhere in a terrible place where there is no pasture, no life. He's crippled at two legs. And what does he really have to live for? He calls himself, I feel like a dead dog, a dead dog as I am. He felt like a dead dog who had no life anymore, who had no future anymore, who had no hope anymore. He had to hide because he was the descendant of the arch enemy of King David, who now was king. Oh, what would David do if he would find him? But you know, David found him and he found him not to kill him and to destroy him and end his life. No, he found him to do good to him. You know, maybe we feel like a dead dog. Maybe our decisions in life or the decisions of our parents or grandparents have brought us in a situation where we are enemies of God, where we are slaves of Satan, of the devil, where we are living in darkness without any hope, any future, any prosperity, any growth, any life. And you know, God is searching for us. He's searching for us not to finish our life and to end it all, but he is searching for us to do us good, to show his kindness to us. He felt like a dead dog. He felt like he was left and deserted by all. He had lost his title, you know. Saul was king, Jonathan would be king after him, so Mephibosheth was next in line to be king. He had lost his right to be king. He had lost his right to sit in the palace. He had lost his right to live there in that place of prosperity and that place of life and abundance. And he had fallen down into that dark place, lo, they bar. You know, this is just like mankind. This is the story of mankind. God created us to be his children and to be with him in close fellowship. But you know, we have fallen into sin and it starts with our great, 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 great grandparents, Adam and Eve. And there, from their decision, that curse goes on all the way to you and to me today. And so we are slaves of sin. We are living in Lodebar. We have lost our right to come into the palace. We have lost our right to live as a prince 
as a princess, as a child of God, and now we are living under a heavy yoke of slavery, of sin, of darkness, and crippled we are, maybe not crippled in physical body, but crippled we are in spirit under that yoke of sin, and we can't break free out of that slavery. We can't break free from that tyrant, that devil who wants to destroy us and who brings our life down into the pit and who wants to pull us down into his darkness, into hell itself. But praise God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords came down to search for us. He came to search for us, to show us the kindness of the King, the kindness of God himself. Oh, when David found Mephibosheth, I can imagine Mephibosheth on his face before David, trembling, his heart is, is in an irregular beat, his whole body is shivering and quivering, he's shaking, he's sweating, because he knows he's in front of David, who his grandfather hunted. He's in front of David, who is the anointed of God, who now is king and rules, who has power over his life. What would he do? What would other kings do in his place? They would seek vengeance. They would root out any competition. They would bring them down. And so David stands there and says, are you Mephibosheth? And he says, yes. I am, I am your servant. Oh, immediately he takes that humble position. I'm your servant. And the first words that David says to him are, do not fear. You don't have to be afraid anymore. What a wonderful word. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Oh, hallelujah. And that's what God says to us. That's what he's saying to you who are in Lodabar. He says, don't fear anymore because I found you and I brought you to Jerusalem and I brought you into my house. He found Mephibosheth because he was looking for Mephibosheth. Today, through this message, he's finding you because he is looking for you, searching for you. He doesn't want you to die in Lodebar, but he wants to bring you to Jerusalem. He wants to bring you to his own house. He wants to set you at his table. Isn't this what King David said? He says, well, he says, don't fear anymore. He says, I will surely show you kindness. Oh, what a, what a relief for Mephibosheth. You don't have to be afraid. I didn't call you, bring you here to kill you. I brought you here because I will surely show you kindness. And then he says, I will restore unto you all the land of your father and of your grandfather. I will give it all back to you. Oh, isn't that what God does to us? He restores us as children of God. He breaks the yoke over our life. He lifts us up into peace into joy, heavenly joy. He gives us grace, hallelujah. He gives us kindness, hallelujah. And he restores us back to life, back to health. And then he says, you will eat bread at my table continually. Oh, he could sit at the table. 
with his lame legs. He would be under the table and it would be covered and not visible. Oh, as all the dignitaries would come in and high-placed people from around the world, there would be that lame man sitting there belonging to that house of the arch enemy, but yet he would sit there as a prince, just like the children of David himself. He would sit there at that table with his lame feet covered, sitting there with everything restored unto him because of the kindness and the goodness of David, which he showed not his own kindness, but he says, the kindness of God I will show to you. Oh, my dear friend, if you're sitting in Lodebar, and maybe your whole family for generations has been an arch enemy of God himself, of Christ and the cross, or maybe they hated Jesus, they hated anything, anybody who spoke about God, but today, God has found you and he's bringing you out of Lodebar and he's bringing you into Jerusalem, into his own very house to sit at his very table and he will restore unto you your life, your health. He will give you kindness and goodness and you will sit at his table and enjoy fellowship with him. Your creator will be your heavenly father and you may have intimate fellowship with him through Christ, his son, our savior, hallelujah. Well, before I pray for you, there's another side in this story. You know, many people around the world are living in Lodebar at the moment. They are living under that yoke of sin, in misery, in pain. They are living there like a dead dog. But you know, you can be a David. You can be a David. My dear friend, you can be like David. God, through you, can go and search out all those people who are living in Lodebar and bring them the great good message of the gospel and tell them you don't have to die in Lodebar like a dead dog that you feel that you are. But you can come to Jerusalem right now and we will show you goodness and kindness. Not our very own kindness and goodness, but the kindness and goodness of God. The kindness and goodness of God that surpasses passes all understanding. The kindness and goodness of God that goes beyond what we can measure or, or imagine or think of. The kindness and goodness of God is so abundant, so overflowing, it made a way. He sent his son to die in your place, to take your guilt, your shame, just like it took my guilt and my shame, and to lift you up, cleansed, sanctified, made holy and acceptable before him, and arise as a child of God to sit at his table every day, continuously. Oh, my dear friend, be a David today and go to someone who is living in Lodebar and bring them to Jerusalem and tell them the good news that they are no longer an enemy, but now they are a friend. Now they are a member of the household if they will accept Jesus Christ as their savior. Well, I want to pray for you today. Oh, if you are living in Lodebar, put your hand on your heart or stretch it out to God and say, oh God, I'm living in Lodebar today. I'm living in that place where there is no pasture, no communication, no life, no word, nothing is there. 
I feel like a dead dog today, but I hear your call. I hear your message. Oh, Father in heaven, I don't want to die in this place, Lodebar. So I will answer the call. I will come to Jerusalem. I'm afraid of what will happen or what you will do, but I will bow down before you this day, oh Lord, because I will trust you that you will do according to your word, that you will do according to your character, your nature. Because you are love. You are the God of love. Oh, Father in heaven, pick me up this day. Cleanse me. Make me holy. Restore me, Lord. Restore my spiritual health. Restore life unto me. Restore health unto me. Restore, Lord, my life, my family, my marriage, my finances, whatever it may be. Lord, I want to sit at your table. I want to enjoy the food at your table. I want to enjoy fellowship with you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, today, Lord, I bow before you and I thank you that I may be a recipient of your grace, your kindness, your goodness, your love. I receive it right now. Do a miracle in my life, Lord. Lift me up this day, Lord, and I will give you all the glory and the praise forever. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 